This is the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, boys? Hi. Salutations. Oh, you just ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chad. I should say, if you are a first-time listener to the show, welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. This is a show about blacksmithing, digital fabrication, and woodworking, and everything else in the, in the maker sphere. Occasion- occasionally. I'm not always, I'm not always uh, a turd, but most times, yes. Unfortunately, Chad turned it into a bootjack podcast for way too long. Oh, I have a bootjack <laughs> update. You want that now no, or later? No, we don't no. want it. But we do want to thank our sponsor, Sabretooth, over at sabretooth.com. You can get all your, all your power carving birds that you could want over there. Uh, if you use code WH, you can get 10% off and support the podcast. Yeah, definitely use that. Use that code. Get some. Get some good burrs for your wood carving needs and stone carving. Stone carving as well. Alabaster, soapstone, limestone. It's fun. Plastic. You carve plastic, I think. I believe it. High quality stuff there. I did some carving recently. I did a coffee scoop. Oh. Did you make two by any chance? No. Why? You want one? Yeah, I want one. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm not giving anything out for free, Chad. Well, I will pay for quality. I, uh, I do need a coffee scoop, so I would love to have one made by a, a, f- a friend. There you go. <laughs> Who are you buying it from? <laughs> oh. I think oh, Jeanette man. probably makes coffee spoons. Uh, I'll probably just send her a message. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be making regular spoons here soon, so. Nice. I'm definitely probably not of the quality of Jeanette, but I'll try. You got to start somewhere. You should have used I'll, that for your Make What You Fear project. That I would have believed. What? You carving a spoon. Yeah, but it's woodworking. I had to use a different medium, Chad. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. All right. Do you want my bootjack update? No. No. You'll love this because it's we bad. We don't want it. It's bad news. <laughs> I, 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 you're not even allowed to say the word, Chad. Uh, shoe remover? Whatever. Just get it out of all the way because right, right. I know you're going to be predisposed. <laughs> pre- to put whatever that word is words are stupid hard. words are hard with <laughs> the stupid topic forever okay well i'm i'm basically done selling boot checks at this point because again my hurry up get to the point custom what creations is, is what closed at the moment what happened i've probably made 300 of these tell me the right? story punchline the punchline. very last boot jack that i sent out finally done no more boot jacks i get a review three stars they said it's too lightweight. Wah, wah. <laughs> so I ended so up. Tony, what have you been working on? <laughs> what have you been working on? Oh man, uh, not a whole lot. Uh, actually, been uh, other than reviewing boot jacks on Etsy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, no, I haven't been up to a whole lot. I've uh, been doing some contemplating on maybe changing things in my shop a little bit. So we're. Uh, Get some stuff in the works. Good. Are you moving the anvil to a new position? No. Okay. <laughs> that would be that would be much easier. It'd be easier to move the walls of your shop than actually move the anvil. <laughs> or a stand, anvil stand at least. Yeah, I'll just pick the shop up and move it. Yeah, for people who don't remember or who have not heard the episode where he talks about it, he put an anvil stand made out of what? Is that like 10 four by fours? It's 16 four by fours total. 16 four by fours dug into the ground, probably four feet deep, right? Yeah, it's three and a half to four foot down, yeah. Wow. 
immovable object, just like Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how about you, Keith? Anything fun? Uh, Come on, I, now, I did, Keith. Get on with it. I did some gold leafing this week. Oh, we're using. Go on, tell us more about it. Uh, so I did some gold leafing this week. <laughs> you already said that. Get on with the story. Uh, there's not much of a story. I put gold leafing on my sign. Third time you've said it. Th- that was it. That's what I've been up to. So what's the process? You put glue down first and then you put the sheets on top and then you brush it off with a little paintbrush or what do you do? Yeah, that's it. What kind of glue do you have to use? Cause I, I have the sheets of gold leaf, but I never attempted this. I use the gold leafing adhesive. Oh, so there's specific glues for this. Okay. Yeah. Does the type of brush that you use matter or do you use? use I don't whatever? know. I was doing like fine areas on a sign to do like, um, yeah. If you've ever seen my one logo, it's got like bubbly type seventies letters and there's the accent areas on there. So I did the accents in gold leaf. Very cool. Yeah. I like it. With the brush that you use, is it putting a pattern? Oh, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. So I did the accent area. So it was like real fine line, like maybe the thickest one is three eighths of an inch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used a, not the brush that came with it. Cause that's like for doing the whole like edge of a plate. So it's like a half inch brush. So I got my watercolor paints out and I, I, I had like a real fine tip watercolor paint. I ruined the brush, but I didn't care for what I was doing. Sure. And and that's what I used. And it goes on like a, like a baby blue color, and then it dries clear. And when it's clear, it's ready for gold leaf. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then like when you put down the sheet, it sticks to the glue. Then you use another brush to brush off the excess. Mm-hmm. If you were to do like a spiral pattern with the paintbrush, does it transfer that pattern from the I hairs of the brush? Afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But my pieces, uh, like I said, they're three eighths at the widest. So the spiral pattern, I'd have to get like a really fine piece of Scotch Brite or something okay. to get in there because it's a painted surface around it. So I think I'm just going to leave it with the with the look it has. Okay. So it's just kind of brush strokes in the in the direction of the the gold leaf itself, which kind of probably no. gives it like a brushed brass kind of look, or is it really just like straight smooth gold leaf? It's just like gold leaf. Okay. Sorry, I'm asking so many questions. I'm just curious. It looks like gold, Chad. It's (laughs) gold. Well, I spend a lot of time working. That must be a copper color. No, no. It's not about the color. I'm talking about like the- the How do I say that in Georgian? It must be a copper color. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I spend a lot of time doing like brass uh, plaques for these military pieces that I'm doing. And you can either do like the random orbit pattern with the sander, or you can take some still wool and go in a direction that makes it look brushed. I like or that look better. You can polish it up with like paper and make it like super glossy. So I'm I'm just asking about that because there's so there's a lot gloss, of different looks. So gloss you, versus satin finish. Yeah. What you're asking? No, that's like the what, actual saying, yeah. <laughs> the actual pattern of the abrasive on the material itself. Right. Spirals are straight. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, cool, cool, cool. I'm excited for it. your sign. Looks good. I see it behind you. I'm not up yeah. close to it, but. I do see the gold, and that really does highlight those edges. It looks nice. Yeah, You'll have to send good. me some pictures of that later, or post it on your IG. Come on, do do a reel or something uh, important for for Instagram. Help Instagram be better by Chad. giving it good quality content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
check your IG page. What? Are you kidding me? I missed something. Anywho, what have you been working on, Chad, other than your Etsy store? Um, do I have to go to your page to find this? Check it later. We're recording a podcast, Chad. I'm just doing what you asked. I can only do one thing at a time. Okay, what have I been working on? Laser. Uh, all day yesterday was laser maintenance. Um, I think I've noticed that my mirrors are a little bit out of alignment, so I spent a lot of time putting painter's tape on the different mirrors, doing a pulse of the laser, getting everything straight. And I learned a new technique that I didn't know before. And it's going to be hard to describe this on an audio podcast, but you can move the mirrors close to the tube or far away, and you want there to be no dead spots on your entire laser. So first, you start off as close to the tube as possible. So you, that would be the top left in the case of my laser. So you start right there with the, the blue tape on the little mirror area, and then you send a pulse. The goal is to get the pulse right in the center of the circle. So I pulsed it as close to the tube as possible. Then I will move the laser to the opposite edge, which would be the bottom right of my laser. Then I'll do another pulse. If the two pulses are not lining up together, you know that your laser mirrors are out of alignment. So what you have to go and do is adjust the mirrors back and forth until you get it to where the laser pulse is shooting through the same piece of, or the same hole on that piece of tape. So it's a lot of back and forth going in there, adjusting, and it's a pain in the butt because this laser is so big, I have to walk like six steps to get over to the pulse button. But here's the hot tip. Oh, humanity, six steps, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, my laser's so big. My laser's too big. I, I don't know what to do. I got to take a nap on my way over. <laughs> well, here's, here's the real hot tip. If you're doing a lot of adjustments on your laser, turn on the fume extractor while you're doing that. Because I did not. And I think there's something in the blue painter's tape, chemical-wise, that made me sick yesterday. Sure there is. I was knocked out for like 15 like hours. PVC backing on there or something? That's what I'm guessing. Must be some kind of chlorine-based on there. I know a lot of people do use blue tape on their lasers, but after doing that, I yeah, I don't feel good. That's why you guys see me drinking this green V8 juice. I'm trying to heal my body after all that. So be careful out there, people. Chemicals are bad. Yeah, I, w I would expect them to be bad in any kind of adhesive, what have you. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I did order something to make laser alignment much easier, though. There's a company, oh gosh, I should have the name of it, mm, American Photonics or something like that. They sell a reverse red dot laser that you can put in the nozzle of your laser, and it shoots a, a visible laser beam up through the mirrors. So instead of doing the pulse, now I'll have that red laser beam coming through straight perfectly all the way back. So I do a reverse alignment with that. Which should make the process much easier and way more accurate. And that only cost $40. So uh, I think it was a well, a good yeah, investment. Yeah, it's loosening up those purse strings with all that YouTube money. <laughs> Time is money. And I spent a whole day doing the tape method. It took forever. So hmm, I'm excited. Time versus to, money, eh? Excited to get that fixed up. Because uh, alignment is really important. And I need to be able to cut through this three-quarter inch oak plywood. And there are some issues, some areas on my laser that it struggles. And that's uh, killing my productivity. So, trying to get that fixed up. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, if you are not a patron of the show, you probably missed out on some new news about Keith. 
is last week's Patreon episode was- We left that in the Patreon on purpose. Oh, we can't give it to him. I want to talk about it. Okay, I want to talk about it. So, Keith got a new truck. New to me. New to me. New to you. Yeah, it's a- Well, I shouldn't even talk. Keith, you you have the floor. Tell us about your new truck and how awesome it is. I got a Chevrolet pickup truck. A a what pickup truck? Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) What else is is there to say? There's not much. (laughs) What kind? (laughs) What model? Silverado. What weight limit? (laughs) I don't know. It's a 2500. There you go. It's an old work truck. It used to be a highway maintenance truck. What's the best part about your truck? That I own it. <laughs> oh my word. It's like trying to hurt a cat. It's just it's just not oh, working, he's just, Tony. Oh, he's just getting you back, so all he's doing. Oh my word. Keith's truck has a one ton lift gate on the back of it. I don't even care about the truck anymore. The fact that you have a lift gate on a vehicle that moves. You can That's go pick sweet. up whatever tool you want. And I know you're a, a tool buyer. You're always getting good deals. I got my yeah. jointer from you. And I don't know how you got that jointer in the back of your Jeep or whatever you did. But now you have a truck where you can just roll it in. How cool is that? I need yeah. you to find me a saw stop. Can you get me a saw stop? <laughs> After I get mine. <laughs> the, uh, I, um, I used it today. Uh, I took it for work to do visits. But then I, uh, I went over to Green Street and I picked up some lumber for a project I got coming up. So you didn't take their sixteen footer red oak. No, but when you got. sixteen foot planks of wood like that in person, it's ungodly huge. Yeah, it's really big, especially at that quantity. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. It's good to their see their whole woodshed is filled up. But I lucked out because I got to get some of their old stuff they needed to get rid of. So did you get some uh, some of their Sapele. leftover walnut? Oh, Sapile. I've always wanted some of that. I got lots of walnut from them, and I could have taken more of their scrap walnut. Their scrap is is what I would buy. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, they do a lot of big furniture pieces, so I know a lot of that smaller stuff they won't be able to use. Yeah. I mean, I, I took a bucket uh, of cutoffs today that I don't know what I'm going to do with, but I may just burn them. No, make me some spoons. Coffee spoons. Yeah. They're like... uh Probably good for like cutting boards, but I don't make cutting boards. Oh, you could make a charcuterie, a charcuterie board. I can't even say it with a straight face. Charcuterie. There you go. Yeah, I could. I could do a lot with it. You know, <laughs> uh, it's probably going to wind up being burned. Did you see? Uh, speaking of Green Street, recently, or I think he's working on it now. He has to make this cabinet, and it's all. It looks like solid walnut. I think the, yeah. whole, the entire thing. I saw it today. The client wants them to paint the outside <laughs> with gray yeah. paint. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's so disappointing. Just the edges, though. Oh, is it just like accents? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay, I missed that part. Yeah, it is nice, though. Man, they do nice work over there. They do. Him and Jeff and Rob. They also have a really great podcast. For any listeners of our, sh- our show, you should go over and listen to them as well. You can catch them at the American Craftsman Podcast. The very interesting podcast. Yeah, and I listened to that episode where <laughs> Jeff went off the rails on woodworkers. <laughs> that was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't call myself a woodworker anymore. Yeah. Keith, Tony, we need to find a, a replacement for Keith now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Trying to think who would be a good replacement. Ben Butler. He works the wood. 
I don't think anybody could do as well as he does wrangling you. So that's, uh, I think that's, that's part of the job and, uh, <laughs> that's going to be tough to replace. Good luck. Jeff, maybe Jeff could do it. <laughs> yeah. But I went, I, I, um, I'm doing a, a collaboration project with, uh, Patrick over at illustrated lefty. Oh. He contacted me after Make What You Fear, and he's like, hey, I got an idea for a um, a collab project you want in. I said, yeah. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, yeah, I'm in. So he's a metal worker, so he's going to do uh, – he's going to weld up these frames for planter box bases, and then I'm going to make the planter boxes. So I went over to Green Street today and bought some sapile to make them. So I'm making two planter boxes. He's making two frames, and we're going to trade. Like, I'll give him one box. He gives me one frame. That's oh. awesome. That's really cool. So he's local to you? Uh, Yeah, he actually is. Uh, He lives in my hometown. Wow, what a small world we live in. Yeah, he didn't grow up there. I, I don't know him. I've never met him, but uh, I guess I'll meet him when we do the exchange. But he seems cool. like a pretty cool guy from, you know, talking to him on the phone and stuff. Maybe you'll get a chance to see that awesome CNC lathe that he built for the uh, Make What You Fear Challenge. Yeah, that'd be cool. He's building a nice little shop up there. It's going to be cool. Tony? Yes? Do we have any updates on the Woodland Iron Press? Oh, I wish. No, I uh, kind of fallen by the wayside. Like my guy's not doesn't seem to be really interested in doing it, but uh, when winter rolls around and his work slows down, he'll be back into it again. Yeah, I yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm still interested in it, but just I don't know. We'll see because we got into uh, looking at a few things to get out of the states here in the last little bit, and it's still still impressive what it takes to get stuff across the border, like to get it from the U.S. into Canada. Yeah, oh, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, there was a it was about a sixty dollar item. By the time I got across the border, it was about a buck twenty. <laughs> so, it's like, no, nope, not happening. So, it's it painful. So, what do you think? Another year for that, then? Yeah, I think so. It'll be be a bit yet. I get uh, get a little bit of bit of money together and get it going. Not going to be, be. It's not going to be a cheap project. So that's that's part of what's told me up yeah but it's like any of those things if you bought it or built it you know they're not cheap but once you have it you you'll forget about the cost immediately oh yeah yeah for sure it's just gonna take some time to get the money together to to do it especially if you could i mean i think it'll be around like october to december that you'll realize how much you need it because it seems like that's the time of the year where you're a lot more busy in the workshop making gifts and things for people. Yeah, I'm hoping to be a bit busier this this summer, but yeah, usually between October and, and December is when it gets gets a little busier making Christmas items. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my secret Etsy is still booming. It's Are we gonna <laughs> we gonna find out what this secret Etsy is all about yet? People have been messaging me, asking me, and I said if if I tell you, it wouldn't be a secret anymore. <laughs> but here's a little clue for you: you won't shut up about the other thing, and this one you won't talk about. <laughs> I probably don't want to How know. How mad are you going to be if you find out it's just bobbybootjacks.com and it's literally just a, a store dedicated to making bootjacks? I've looked up bobbysbootjacks.com and that's not a thing. Oh, I need to buy that before someone else gets it. Catfish Noodleson might 
might buy that domain before I can get it. <laughs> you guys been keeping up with him? No. Not really. He's hitting below the belt with, on some people. Whew. Uh, okay, so here's your hint for my secret Etsy store. I got uh, contacted by, I guess, somebody who's in charge of the furnishing of a hotel. And they wanted to place an order for 750 units of something that I make on my store. And did you say yes? I gave them a quote. I haven't heard back yet. Okay. I think I lost it. But that was pretty exciting. It's uh, well, it's exciting new- if you get it. Well, it's exciting that my secret Etsy store that I have no advertising on is getting seen by people like that. Uh, um, Etsy's advertising it for you. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't think I can opt out of that. Yeah, that's a thing. You pay 15% total, I believe, if somebody clicks on your ad from Google or any off-platform ad. But it's cool seeing my stuff pop up on the internet, even when I'm not searching for it, seeing, seeing my listings on there. I don't click it, though, because I don't want to pay for it. Oh, I should clarify. You don't pay that unless someone purchases it. So. At least it works out good in that way. Well, that's good. I guess. Right? It'll get you somewhere anyway. Yeah. These are fees you got to pay for it somewhere. Just raise your prices to match the fees. It works out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, and, I have found that people are more willing to pay for higher priced items, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you price your stuff higher, you could do less work and make equivalent or more money. But, I mean, eventually you can price yourself out of work, too. So... Yeah, this is true. But I think a lot of people aren't charging enough for what they're doing. We've gone down this rabbit hole a hundred times. <laughs> uh, but I think it's relevant now because I think everything is inflating except for makers' prices. And I think if you are a maker and you're selling items, you need to evaluate your living situation. Think about, hey, what am I paying now just for basic living? And why have my prices not gone up to to meet that? Don't Don't kill yourself. Don't continue on that path. I, I'm doing the same thing with my clients. The times are changing. The value of the American dollar has gone way down. And you need to bring that up to at least equivalent to what it was before. Unless you work in my job job industry, then they don't care. They just keep lowering pricing. Ooh. It's terrible. Terrible. But yeah, I I don't know if if this inflation thing will end or not end. I don't I don't see it ending anytime soon. I don't think it will. I think, no. we're gonna, I think we're, I think a lot of these uh, makers who aren't established that started during COVID and got, um, you know, a little taste of discretionary spending are going to have a little hit when people stop buying stuff because of inflation, you know, extras or fancier items, you know, which sucks, but I could see that happening. What's it like in Canada? Same way? Yeah, pretty well. I mean, our gas price has always been higher than yours, but it's we just broke $2 a liter this week. Um, food's going up. Everything's going up. It doesn't seem to be changing. So We need to do some math here. So <laughs> this is going to sound dumb, but that's me. How many liters are in a gallon? A U.S. gallon is 3.79 liters. So you're almost paying $8 per gallon. Is that? That's rough math, yeah. God, I'm done complaining. Yeah, when I cross the border, it's cheaper. <laughs> oh. Even with the exchange. 
Wow. Yeah, because when you guys were hitting four dollars a gallon, we've been paying that for like two or three years. Man. And you guys have all the oil. Oh, but I am forgetting to convert <laughs> the the Canadian dollar to the US dollar. That's something we didn't factor into the math. So it's not quite eight US dollars for a gallon. No. It's probably like five fifty, six bucks. Okay. So it's like California prices. Yeah, it's still it's still outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It's, what's really crazy is you're refining a lot of the oil. It, you'd think it'd be cheaper near you. We have refineries in America too, Chad. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested to see where the majority of our oil is coming from. What do you think? There's a Probably pipeline refined right here. That's the crude oil pipeline. They send the crude down to the refineries in America. Oh, okay. I don't know much about oil and gas. Okay. We, we've noticed. <laughs> Soon I'll be driving around in a Ford Lightning, so I won't need to worry about it at all. Since my uh, government wants to force me into electric vehicles. Oh, this is not a political podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I'm I leave that forcing you Chad. anywhere, Chad? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> it is a sweet truck, though. <sighs> <laughs> Will it have a lift gate? Not stock, but you know I'm the kind of guy that would take off the stock, <laughs> the stock one, and make some kind of ramp system with my uh, chain hoist. Oh yeah, it's going to look good on that 2022 Ford Ford Lightning. So you're going to take a sixty thousand dollar truck and <laughs> put a Harbor Freight chain hoist in the bed? <laughs> It'll be the oh. only one on the road like it. Not in Georgia. <laughs> No, yeah. as far as I understand, I don't think I will be able to get one because I think they have 250,000 reservations and yeah, I'm not on the reservation list, but there is a factory dedicated to just making that truck. So maybe at some point. When does it come out? Uh, I think it just came out or it's coming out very soon on the road. Since we seem to be talking about cars a lot lately. <laughs> have you seen Volkswagen? Owns the rights to the Scout, and they're going to start making the Scout again. Oh, the International Scout, yeah, and the Harvester, huh? Be interesting. The rights to those names, I don't know. They're going to make like a pickup one, SUV one. That's really interesting. Is there any details that about it that makes it different, or that's all they said so far? Okay. Uh, The Alpha Wolf may be coming out in 2025. Hmm. What's Uh, that? That's that electric truck I like. It's oh, okay. made by a company called Alpha. Uh, the truck model I like is the Wolf. It, it it's like it looks like an old Toyota pickup, but like if they had kept making eighty style designs and modernized it almost. Oh, cool! It's wild. Look it up. The eighties model Toyota pickup is a legendary <laughs> vehicle. Yeah, but this is like a mixture of like that. Uh, the old Ford Rangers, maybe a little S10, little the old Nissans. It's uh, it's very 80s, but very modern at the same time. It's very cool looking. Yeah, it's got some of the, the Datsun look. Yeah, a little bit of the, the Volkswagen Rabbit pickup in there. But then I see a picture here of the lighting, and it looks like, looks like Tron, <laughs> the way they got the lighting done on it. Well, those are all just renderings at this point, but. Oh, these look like actual trucks. They're cool. They have a whole line of cars, like cars, trucks. Uh, They just released an SUV mock-up this week, but they got hooked up with a factory, and they're going to start making those. I thought they are cool. Excited about that news. 
And it looks like the Volkswagen bus is coming back all electric. Oh, I hope they, uh, yeah, push it back to the old design because that thing looks sweet. It's going to be the buzz. I think I would get one of those. I want everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you guys think? Sorry to get political again. Or let's just say economical. So gas prices are what they are right now, making people think maybe it's time to get an electric vehicle or a hybrid or something. What is going to happen to electric prices when every household is charging their car every day? Price of electricity just going to shoot up as well as soon as everyone has a car that needs to be charged? Well, that electric's still made on fossil fuels, so yeah. Oh, God. You're very, very true. Unless you get some solar panels, and <laughs> but the upfront cost on that can be kind of painful. Yeah, there's no, there's no easy answer to that. But yeah, you're right. Like a lot of power plants are not, not green. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, not to mention, you have to remember the environmental impact of, of keeping an older car on the road versus a new one with all those. Uh, rare elements that they put in these batteries now, you know, and then lithium. Yeah. The lithium and stuff, all the mining that's going to have to happen for the battery upkeep. There's a definite balance. So if we get to like a 50, 50 range, I think that would be ideal. Like 50% people using gas and 50% using electric. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not an advocate for either or, but I did hear someone saying, and I don't know if this is fact-checked or anything, but they were saying that the lithium batteries can be recycled, and I guess after they're recycled, they can be used to the same equivalent up to a thousand times. That seems crazy to me. And not charged a thousand times, but like the same lifespan a thousand times. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like that needs some fact-checking. If that's the case, that's great, and everyone should really stop throwing away their lithium batteries. (laughs) And make sure they're getting recycled. Yeah. And I have some old lithium batteries on my tools that I would like for them to recycle. I hope you're just not throwing them in the trash. I mean, plenty of places have it when you walk in, like the supermarket or Best Buy or something will have the uh, the battery drop-off. Oh, okay. I need to you go check out Best Buy. Drop off your batteries or go to your local town recycling center and they have a battery <laughs> drop-off. <laughs> I, so, I would have so, to check that. I'm not sure. We... In this county, we uh, have recycling. Most days, the trash. You guys even have electricity down there yet? How are you going to charge this car? I think you missed it. The trash truck picks up our recycling bin most weeks. Did you hear that? No. They both they grab both bins and dump it (laughs) into the same truck. Bryce Bryce is bouncing off the walls right now. I'm right there with him. Also, we don't have any glass recycling. No glass recycling here. <laughs> so uh, I, got, I was in uh, Texas for fire training one time. This is, oh, four or five years ago, if not longer. And I remember going to a gym and I'd had a bottle of water or whatever, just a plastic bottle of water. And I asked the guy at the counter, I said, do you guys recycle? It's a 20-something-year-old kid. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you're in Texas. We don't recycle nothing. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, man. Meeting that stereotype. Thank you. Thank you, 20-year-old. Well, well yeah, it's a 20-year-old Texan. I was like, oh, man. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I will say I still have all my old batteries because I'm too cheap to throw them out anyways. I just use them for the five minutes that they last and <laughs> put in another one. <laughs> but I'll go check out Best Buy. If they recycle them, that's where I'll take them. Yeah, Best Buy's got an uh, electronics recycling program and they have a slot for batteries, old phones, all that stuff. Cool. Hmm. Not to mention it's really dangerous to throw away lithium batteries because if they get punctured, they spontaneously combust. So you got to think about a trash truck com- compacting any batteries that you throw away is a very big fire hazard. Well, you also have to think about there's only so much land and if we keep using these landfills versus recycling, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Have all those batteries in your under homes or something. You guys ever heard of any of those? I think it's power plants that run on incinerating like waste. Yeah, we used to have one uh, where I grew up. I think that's like, I, I don't know the downside of those, but that sounds awesome because as far as I know, they burn it at such a high temperature. It's not putting off any like bad fumes or anything like that. Well, I'm sure it's putting off bad fumes. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, the chads of the world out there throwing lithium ion batteries in, hey, in their trash. I'm not throwing away lithium batteries. Yeah. But I'm there's, wondering, why is there not more of those power plants that run like that? Or they're, saying it's, they're saying it's clean, but they're using quotations as they're saying it. It's yeah. clean energy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about hearing the facts about the, the 1,000 lifespans on the lithium batteries. Like, how, how true is that, really? Chad's holding up his quotes whenever he says 1,000 lifespan. It's an, <laughs> it's an audio podcast, Chad. We can One see you. The thousand. listeners can't. It's for you guys. It's for you, too. It's 1,000. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to throw this out there. We're recording this episode two days after we recorded our last episode. So there's not much for us to talk about. It's all my fault. I have plenty to talk about, but I don't know if you guys want me to talk about it. it, it is it boot jacks? Mm. Boot not to be mentions? No, I got more. You know the guy that I make the signs for? I think we were talking about screen screen printing his instead of lasering recently. That might have been oh, yeah. the after show. I can't remember. I forget. It doesn't matter. I think well, it was after show. He brought me another product that he was having another maker make for him. And I guess he was unhappy with the quality that he was getting. So I'm adding a second product to his line. I think I said he has 500 stores. I asked him again. He now has 800 stores that he sends clothing out to. And... uh He's placed an order for 200 units for me to make for him. And uh, What is this, another sign? It's kind of like a, it's, it's a base of wood with a half or an inch dowel that comes up. And then you know the shape of a hanger, right? That you put a shirt on. It's a piece of wood cut into the shape of a hanger. You put shirts on that and then there's his logo right where the neck of the shirt would be on both sides. So it's a really well, simple clever. product. Yeah, it's cool. And he says his stores really like that a lot. And it's something that can flat pack and ship to him. So he said he wants those as soon as I can get them to him. But wow, it's uh, eight, 800 stores. And I've never seen this stuff anywhere. Well, do you shop at any of those clothing stores that have, uh, how do I say this? Southern apparel? Camouflage? <laughs> yeah. Hunting dogs, shotguns. No, I'm not a good old boy. Apparently, it's a big market. I don't. I shop for my clothes at Walmart or online. So, <laughs> oh, it's a big market. You walk into some of those stores, and you're like, "How is how is this possible that this store is this big?" And then there's another one 
20 miles away, the same size. Yeah. It is cool though. One of my past students has, they sent me a picture of some of my signs in stores like this and it's, it's neat to see that people are recognizing it and they're saying, hey, my old art teacher made that. And that's kind of cool. But I, I really like getting huge orders like that because when you get a production, I think the art for me of production is finding the efficiency of it. So even though it's tedious and it can be boring, it's fun to see like, what can I do to speed up this process and get it a little bit quicker? So uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to start a new product for him. I think it'll be cool. That is cool. Yeah, it's a good opportunity. Ford Lightning should go ahead and get my reservation in. <laughs> I got a new camera lens. Oh, uh, what'd you get? All right. I'm probably not going to get the name right, but a 24 to 105 millimeter. So it's a telephoto lens. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what you call a lens that can zoom? Yeah. Um, Is it the F4L? It's the kit one. So it's not the $1,000 lens. It's the like $400 lens. Does it have a red stripe on it? I haven't taken it out of the box. It just got here today and I bought it on eBay. So it's cheaper. <laughs> oh, Chad. But, uh, I'm the re- one of the reasons I got this is uh, filming stuff with the 50 millimeter, the nifty 50, as we like to call it, is great. But when you're working in a space where you can't put your tripod in a lot of different areas, the ability to not be able to zoom in on things is kind of annoying sometimes. And I know I can do that in the edit, but a true zoom looks so much better than, than blowing it up, especially if I'm, I'm recording in 1080p now just to save on space and help my computer out. When you say you're going to zoom it, are you going to go like more than 50 millimeters and zoom in? I don't know. And I'm also excited to have the 24 because that's a wider than my 50, right? Like twice as wide. Am I understanding correctly? Because there are a lot of times where I can't get everything in the frame that I'm trying to and I end up putting my camera on the opposite wall of the shop sometimes. So I'm excited to have that wider range. Should be nice. Also, my daughter has a dance recital in two days. I'm excited to be able to actually zoom in and get some pictures of her. <laughs> That's how I'm going to spin it to the wife. I'm like, hey, look what I got you. Here, <laughs> we can take pictures of the girl now. That'd be fun. So we'll see. Not that I've been making any videos recently. Video production has been on hold for way longer than I would like it to. I got to learn how to do video. I think you would be able to transition into video quite easily. I am terrible with it. (laughs) Terrible. The other day I set it up to do something and I moved what I was going to do from when I started the camera and I stood in front of the camera. (laughs) Blocked all the action. Like it's not in my head to like, I just don't have it in me to do video. Do you have a mind doesn't work. Yeah, I have a TV. Hell, have you considered getting like a monitor cable so you could plug the camera into the TV so you could see what's on, what's being recorded? That is super helpful for me. I tried doing it without the monitor with just the tiny flip screen, but I did the same thing. I, I realized that I was recording a lot of stuff and the image was not good. Well, I've got that 60-inch TV behind me and uh, being able to see the camera on there just makes getting my shots really crisp and clean and right where I need the action. Yeah, I'll see. So I got like a a 30-foot cable that plugs into the mini HDMI. Cool. I'll try that. That's Chad's hot tip of the day. (laughs) You think they're all hot tips. That's the problem. Hot take. (laughs) It's the hot take. That's what I meant to say. Uh, 
One downside to that, though, and there might be a way to fix this, but when I plug the HDMI into my my Canon RP, it takes away all your touch abilities on the screen, so you can't change any options unless you unplug it. I don't have a touch screen. Oh, okay. no, one of my cameras does. So, like, to focus on things, I can click the screen or move the autofocus to different areas, and maybe I should just stop using autofocus. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. I wish well, there was... It depends. A- if you're moving around, you may want it to, but... Yeah. I find in video, it does a lot of searching sometimes when you're moving too fast. Mm-hmm. And I really wish there was a single button for enabling autofocus and disabling autofocus. I, as far as I can find, I don't think there's a shortcut button on the RP, the Canon RP. If anyone out there knows of a way to do that, like a single button that I could just press to turn on autofocus or turn off autofocus, that would be amazing. Or video. I think it's different for photos. Because again, for photo, you just hold down the, the button for recording slightly and it will autofocus. I don't know. I can't help you. <laughs> You're too far away from the mic, Keith. I know I am, but I was just saying, I don't know. I can't help you. <laughs> I thought you were our photography expert. This no, is he's just talking in, generally, in general. Oh, like, yeah. I he can't, can't help, help you. you in general, <laughs> not just photos or video. I'm sure one of our listeners can help me out. So if you got any clue or any tips or tricks for me to, to get that, send me a message. Let me know. And now, then I'll tell Keith to help him with his video production because he needs to get his YouTube rolling. Let's, uh, I would use manual focus, Chad. You say that, and I say that. Sometimes it just doesn't work out good that way. Videos. It's a whole new animal. Yeah. Well, guys, I've talked so much. Do you all have anything? Anything new? Anything hot? What's the weather like up in Canada now? Is it 90 degrees like it is down here? No. Uh, 30 degrees Celsius? Uh, let me see what it is. I'll convert it to freedom height for you, get, for <laughs> you folk. You. <laughs> well, right now it is showing 9 degrees Celsius, which works out to 48. Oh, that sounds sweltering. So nice. Well, it's also 11 o'clock at night, so... It cools down. Mm. Oh, sorry. It, it's down to it's down to eight. So that sounds delightful. The summer is the that's, most dreadful time of the year for me. Yeah, that's forty six degrees. That sounds nice. I miss it. It's even. It's like trying to kind of rain here, so the humidity is at like eighty percent. But it just makes it way worse. But I have a little window unit. I try to run that when I'm out here. That helps a little bit. But How's that work with the dust? The dust doesn't destroy it. Hasn't yet been in here for probably two years. I just take it out periodically and spray it out with the air hose. It's it is caked in with wood, but sawdust. But it still seems to pump out pretty cold air. Clean it. Probably need to take a pressure washer to it. <laughs> Make sure you oh. unplug it first. <laughs> yeah. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> <laughs> Then I wouldn't need AC at all. A lot colder where I'd end up. (laughs) Because cool is my favorite. Just like the cool people who support this show. And I think we have some new people this week, Tony. Is that true? Uh, Yeah, we have one new. Um, I'll go through the list here. So, Odyssey underscore Stan. Christy of Twisted Twine. Annette of 513 Woodworks. Hot Iron Metalworks, Too Many Mistakes, Full Steam Design by Chris Powell, 
Lillian Archer Photography, David Beckwith Makes, NB Woodfinery. Then our top tier, we have Espoke Studios, Danelle, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence of MaritimeNiceSupply.com, Ed Johns, Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery, Bobby's Bootjack and Bootjack, Bootjackery. Uh, Close enough. <laughs> the Etsy Boys. Uh, Vincent Ferrari of Because We Make, Brian Housewert of Workfort Podcast, Artigino Sorio, and we have Hatch Made It. And then our new one for this week is Dave at What's Dave Doing on Instagram. Thank you oh, all. Dave. You guys are yes. awesome. Yeah. It's still sh- shocking that we have this many people. <laughs> if you want to, if, if you also want to support the show, you can leave us a review or rating on Apple or Spotify. That would be huge for us. Five stars goes a long way in the rankings of a podcastery. I also want to give a shout out to one of our newer patrons. It'd be Brian Housewart at the Work For It podcast. I love their last episode they did a kind of like a a response to what we talked about on our last show we we dived into uh instagram and the reels a little bit with chris at full steam and uh it was really cool to hear their response to that and kind of their their opinion on it and it's a it was a great show again if you're listening to our show if you've made it to this point in our show and you're not listening to the work for it podcast what are you doing (laughs) right like really (laughs) go listen to them you will you will highly enjoy it the guys over there on that show are always always a great listen to especially when in the shop i feel like i'm hanging out with those guys it's always makes working out in the shop a lot of fun they're very business oriented it's cool to hear all their sides of everything they do Social media, woodworking, metalworking, knife making. All three of those guys are good. Definitely. Uh, this is the time where I should tell you to go to the swag store that we have set up for the Working Hands podcast to go buy yourself a cup or a shirt or a mug. But again, don't do it. Don't do it. Go to blacksmithsfightingcancer.com and you can purchase a blacksmith ribbon with a nice little copper twist on it. From a 12-year-old blacksmith up in Canada, and um, it's supporting cancer research. It's for a really good cause, and I know that we can help them get to that $2,000 goal, and uh, we're going to keep plugging that until it happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and let us know when you do it. We'll share it out. Share it with your friends, too. Let's get that kid hitting his goal. Very ambitious. With that, I say we wrap it up, boys. Uh, If you want to find Chad, you can find Chad over at Chad's Custom Creations on all your socials. Tony's at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. The collective three of us can be found at Working Hands Podcast on Instagram or Gmail. And with that, I say we get out of here. Later. Sayonara.